This is a Podcast 225 production. The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingle, Taylor Moore, Jay Darden, Congressman Garrett Gray, Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark, Sharon Weston Broom. The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is the Clay Young Show. Up, up, and away we go one more time. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show, episode 220 here on podcast225.com and on the Apple Podcast app. So, a lot to uh, get to in the open of the show this week. Let's start with something I said to you last week as we were going into the end of episode 219, and that was about an exclusive interview that I was set to have here on the podcast. It was scheduled to have taken place yesterday. Didn't happen. Uh, The subject of the interview decided to postpone it. Uh, I don't want to give you any more detail than that because I still hope to have the conversation. And it would have been, I thought, the only one that this person would have done. And I'll just say that it's going to have to wait I guess indefinitely, we'll see what happens with that. And that's, that's all I'll say about it so that I don't, uh, don't have any situation pop up where I can't have the conversation. Once I know officially it won't happen, then I'll let you know what's what. But until then, let's just uh, let's see where it goes. And I know that certainly doesn't help at all, but it's as much as I can say. But listen, you're not going to be left hanging today. You're not going to be left out there without any information or any compelling content Because John Cuvion with JMC Analytics is going to be here with me in studio to talk about the governor's debate that took place as I record this last evening. And I watched the entire thing. Oh, my gosh. It was. uh, mm. Yeah. Mm. I'll save uh, most of my comments about it for when John's in studio with me and then we can talk about it, but it was something else. I will say this though, before we go into it, that uh, I'm, and I'll talk about this with John. Lots of people who saw the debate last night who went in supporting John Bell Edwards left feeling like the governor did very well. People who went into last evening's debate supporting Eddie Rispone thought Eddie did very, very well. So that part doesn't change. Where people are in the middle about a lot of this is what is the interesting part. Now, my style of talking about debates or political something is always to to not disrespect you by treating you like you're a moron as a listener, okay? And shooting you straight on the details, some you may agree with, some you may disagree with. I I can I'm okay with either side. Certainly am not taking any hatchet to either of these guys personally. Wouldn't do that. I actually know them both. So I wouldn't do that. However, we're talking about politics and the caricature of, po- of people in politics is something that that I think can be problematic, especially when you're trying to get things done. But yesterday was something. And so hopefully when John sits down and we get to have this conversation because he's a straight shooter as well, that you'll, you'll take this as what it is analysis about what took place in the debate and that no one gets butthurt by what they hear, because the intention, again, is not to slander anyone, but 
it's like you know if you're an umpire and that ball comes right down the plate you're not going to go uh you know I really want to call a strike but that's going to hurt somebody's feelings so uh ball one that's not going to happen here okay well let's get John Cuvy on in studio so we can get this thing started podcast225.com podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand if you've wanted your own podcast the time to call us is now this year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pest Stop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution. Exactly how long have you been wiping rodents off the planet? 26 years. 26 years? So let's talk about what you're going to do in the 27th year. <laughs> well, you know, it's amazing. If you look at the reproductive cycle of a rodent, mm-hmm. two rodents over a course of 12 months can become 3,400. What? Yeah. It's a serious problem and not something you want to take lightly. And the reason we get so many customers from the big box stores is because you can feed them buckets and buckets and it's like you're just feeding them. Mm. So you Mm. need to use what the pros use. You save a lot of money and you eliminate the problem. With all the construction and everything going on in the Capital City region, people need to find this stuff. Where can they get it? Well, in Baton Rouge, we're located at 806 O'Neill Lane. That's about a block south of Old Hammond Highway. Or you can give us a call with any questions at 27347 Eight, eight. Make your lawn, gardens, and even the inside of your house safe from rodents and pests at Pest Stop. The issues, the policies, the people. This is the Clay Young Show. Back with John Cuvion, the proprietor of JMC Analytics at Polling. He was here about, I guess about a month ago, talking about the governor's race and what was coming. And, and before we begin... We do want to send condolences to our colleague and friend, Dr. Albert Samuel, who suffered a death in the family. So he's not going to be with us on this episode of the show. So, man, we're thinking about you, Doc. Ditto. All right. So what what did I watch last night? What Rumor did I watch? There's a debate on. Yeah. What, what, what did I watch? What, 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 what just uh, what what did I see? It was painful. Painful. That's one word. I could think of a lot of other words that I could use. I'll actually give you a more humorous analogy uh, rather than being a totally Debbie Downer type here. Okay. The analogy I'll use is this. Back when you and I were growing up, you had those KTEL record commercials, which mm-hmm. basically were all those greatest hits. Yes. As I was going throughout debate, I was thinking, okay, this was Eddie Rispone commercial number two at the 15-second mark. The, in other words, what I felt Eddie Rispone's whole debate performance was was just regurgitated talking points from Mm -hmm. his commercials. I look at it this way. Governor Edwards is a good debater. There's no disputing that. But I felt that Eddie Eddie did much better in his first debate, ironically, when people had minimal expectations for him. In this debate, I felt like, number one, he didn't want to be there. Absolutely. Number two, you just didn't really get the feeling he was really engaged. And, I mean, when he was throwing punches at Governor Edwards, where it quickly became apparent he did not have much knowledge about state government, such as when he was talking about the liability for uh, employee pensions, Uh just things like that over and over and over again. I just felt like he he wasn't enthusiastic about being there, number one. And number two, he wasn't prepared, which to me, shame on his staff for not prepping him adequately. 
It was uh, it was it was bad. I don't think he wanted to be there. Yeah, I think that there were openings he could have taken against the governor on on some statistical oh, uh, talking points the governor put out. But I think at the same time, the governor was effective in talking about how Eddie has been invested in in local and statewide government for a long time because he's been a donor to a number of causes. Yes, but. I didn't see anything yesterday that made me feel like Eddie Rasponi can handle the job. Yeah. Well, the unfortunate thing, too, I mean, like I said, being a master debater is one thing. Having a clearly articulated set of principles is another. But I felt that one thing that hasn't happened in any debate involving Governor Edwards mm-hmm. is... To me, there's some basic assumptions that he says in every one of his talking points that should be challenged. Yeah. More specifically, when he talks about how he's bipartisan, well, the reality is he fought with the legislature, thus re- resulting in seven special sessions. There's, a, I felt the car insurance issue was a missed opportunity. Population losses were missed mm-hmm. opportunity. What does Governor Edwards plan to do in the next four years? Missed opportunity. In other words, you don't necessarily have to get an A at debating class, but I felt that right. you should at least challenge the premises your opponent makes because the way I looked at it was Governor Edwards was just running circles around Rasponi, and when Rasponi was attempting to say something, you could see Edwards being exasperated. And, and you know, the funny thing was, depending on who you were reading on Facebook and Twitter and other social <laughs> yes. media platforms, you either felt that Governor Edwards was screeching and angry and spluttering, or you felt that Rasponi was not qualified. It, it was just interesting, those different perspectives. So the thing is, and that's, that's an interesting point. So if, if from what I saw yesterday, and my posts were fairly innocuous, yes. okay? And then the <laughs> the firestorm that proceeded in the comment section below my comments, uh, it boils down to this. If you went into last night supporting Governor Edwards or supporting Eddie Rasponi, you laughed, left last night thinking your guy won. Definitely. And that perspective is not new. It's the way people go. They want to root for their team. If their team doesn't win, they find a reason to explain why their team didn't have success. I get that. Yeah. My my observation about last night, because I was I was trying to learn something. Eddie Rasponi is an accomplished businessman. Yes. He has had great success. He has built a business from the ground up. He has invested in and causes from education reform to positive economic reform in Louisiana for years with his own money. John Bell Edwards isn't, he's a military veteran, but he is indeed someone who has reached across the aisle as a Democrat on issues that Republicans in Louisiana hold dear, okay? And and, and I'm not going to get into naming him. If you don't know, hit the Google machine, but it's, it's clear. So both of those things are true. So when John Bell Edwards says Louisiana has one of the fastest growing economies in the nation, technically he's right. However, you're still behind everybody else. Okay. You're starting from a zero base. You're starting from a zero base. Eddie Rasponi says things like, how can you support New Orleans as a sanctuary city, which won the award for the dumbest question I heard either of them ask each other last night? Well, especially when uh, Edwards used Jeff Sessions as a foil to that attack. So in other words, Rasponi was trying to make all these charges, and all Edwards had to do was rattle off either Trump administration statistics or Jeff Sessions' own words. And I'm thinking, 
this reeks of lack of debate of debate prep. I, I just there he won. Rasponi won the third debate, in my opinion. I think that third. I went on Channel Nine the next day, and I said I think that debate performance. Mm. Uh, undergirded the confidence that he needed from people to be the number one of the two Republicans. Yes. Because it, it was clear at that point, and we talked about it, that John Bell likely wasn't going to get to 50 plus one. Right. That he maybe he was going to get it, get to 48. Maybe if, if, if somebody catches the Hail Mary pass, he gets to 49. 50 plus one was just going to be hard. It was a fantasy. It was a fantasy. And so last evening accomplishes not a whole lot because it and and listen i'm not please don't take this as a uh, derogation to lpb this that's not what i mean but because it was on lpb and not on the local broadcast networks uh, a a channel two here a channel nine here or you know a, a wdsu or wwl in new orleans a statewide thing where you could watch on the big networks not as many people are going to see that Right. Now, what's interesting about the not as many people going to see that, you're technically correct in that most likely you only had a few thousand actually watching. The way I look at it, though, is the few thousand was last night, but of course it got coverage in the papers mm-hmm. across the state. You figure that all the talking shows had their coverage. Yeah. Also, too, I kind of figured that there were probably a couple of uh, campaign commercials that could have been made from sure. some of the debate, the flubs and talking points and all that. So point being is the coverage will grow exponentially relative to those who actually saw it last night but that in itself was a problem because you have to remember once you start having people with existing partisan filters on either side who are giving their own interpretation of the debate that's when things are going to start to start being spun radically differently and than what actually happened that's where i was going that depending on where you listen to this like i know both guys yeah okay and I can tell people that I think both guys are nice guys. Yes. I really, and, and I know people don't like to do that anymore because this era of politics has us creating caricatures of people and we love or hate the caricature we see almost like pro wrestling back yeah. in the 70s and 80s. And I think on the other side of a lot of these titles, these are people and and not all of them pander to their base in, in the way that the big boys in Washington often do. Right. But here in Louisiana, John Bell Edwards has to get two things, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He's got to get that black turnout to be somewhere around 37 or 38 percent because it was 31 percent in the primary. That's the first thing. Yeah. The second thing is he has to get Republicans in large number to stay home in other words you're not going to win a bunch of them but you got to get a bunch of them to have so many doubts with eddie as an unknowable right that they say okay i don't love this guy but i don't know that i can trust this guy because i don't know if he knows on Rasponi's side Rasponi's gotta say let's play the hits man work the numbers yeah you are a republican in a state that overwhelmingly supports the president. Yes. The president's going to make a trip here and put his arm around you. And you've got to hope that when people go into the, bo- in the into the booth, they don't need to know a bunch about you, except I'm a Republican and Trump likes me. Yes. And I think if he rides that horse, he's likely going to be the next governor of Louisiana. There's a, there's a missing. What do you fact- think about both sides of those, that those arguments? There's a missing factor. And okay. this is Human Relations 101, which I will personally say I'm astounded that the Rasponi people have not nailed this down already. Okay. Ralph Abraham. In other words, one of the things that I think is a... Oh, well, you know why that is. Yeah. Well, go ahead, finish yeah. your point. Where I'm going to go is this. Yeah. 
This to me is human relations 101, mm -hmm. as in when you have an acrimonious primary campaign, mm -hmm. the absolute first thing you do the day after is you go to your opponent's home turf and break bread with him or mm -hmm. her. In other words, if I were the Responi campaign, the first thing I would have done at 12.01 p.m. to make sure that you know church and mass and all that is out, mm -hmm. make the drive up to Alto, have a good afternoon chat with, the, with Ralph Abraham, and get his endorsement. In other words, a verbal endorsement for Ralph Abraham, which he just basically tossed out as a lawyer. I don't Republican. think those guys like each other. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, it, and it's not just Ralph Abraham, by the way. If you read The Advocate yesterday, Representative Bubba Cheney, whose constituency is essentially the Ralph Abraham mm -hmm. constituency because it's Richland Parish. Right. When you have a state representative who's a Republican going on the paper saying that there's a lot of disappointed people out there who knew Ralph personally and they felt Responi's attack was beyond the pale, yada, yada, yada. Well, that to me indicates some serious electoral fence mending that needs to be done. See, and that's the thing. It's if the if, so again for Eddie, the groundswell, if you pay attention to what you see outside of people who know the man personally, who defend him because they know him personally, right. which I think is a laudable virtue. You defend your friends. Absolutely. Okay. And the same could be said for people who know Governor Edwards, who worked with him in the legislature. But Eddie Rispone, the, the version of Eddie Rispone that's out there publicly is a version created by his consultants. Which is not a good version. It's been opinion. horrible. You, the, 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 the first commercials were like skits from Saturday Night Live. It was yeah. terrible. And they've gotten marginally better. But he sits in the position of being the guy. Four years ago, any Democrat who wasn't a criminal or a moron would likely have beaten David Vitter. Any Republican not named David Vitter <laughs> yeah. likely would have beaten John Bell Edwards. And with those two being Scott Angel and Jay Darden, who right. were the, the next two Republicans. Yes. This four, four years later, John Bell Edwards is a Democrat. And that is really the thing about him that is the biggest albatross around his neck in Louisiana. It's 90% the of problems. No question about it, JC. And then for Eddie... If Eddie were a stronger candidate, and again, I'm not this when, when John and I sit down and have these conversations, it's analysis about what's going on. It certainly isn't intended to be a personal attack against anyone. That's really not my thing. And I know that's not your thing. No, we're just talking about this in, in, in the context of the race. We speak the unvarnished truth because far too often in politics, it's gotten to a bunch of spin and tribalism. That's right. When the that's reality right. is, I mean, I look at it this way. I'm sure that basically the stuff we've said today will get hurt a few people's feelings. My attitude is, so what? It well, needs to be said. It needs to be said, and you have to understand, this isn't about personally attacking either guy. No. We're talking about the... We've been doing this for a long time. Right. So we were right four weeks ago when we talked about how this thing was going to play out. Um, I went on television and I said I thought there was going to be a runoff and Responi was going to be the guy in the runoff with him. So, you know, we talked about St. George. I said I thought St. George was going to pass, but I didn't think it was going to be a blowaway margin like people thought. It ended up being less than 3,600 votes separating the, the... So the thing is not to attack anybody. But the reality is on the other side of an election, when you're looking up at this and there are people who want to give you the flowery spin, well, it's hard to find those people after elections right and here's the thing too and i think this is something that eddie and or his family really needs to think about seriously you investing 11 million dollars of your own money in a race like this do you really feel you've gotten 11 million dollars worth i don't and i don't think he has either and i think that's a shame because again i said earlier 
nobody who knows Eddie Rispone will look at him and say he took, I mean, that he got anything easy to get to where he is. Right. He worked his you-know-what off to get to where he is. He did. And, and, and the same goes with what John Bell has done since he's been in the governor's office is, is he's been basically scandal-free. Yes. Okay? And he has not ostracized himself from his political party in the way that Governor Jindal did towards the end of his eight years in office. And that's not made up. That's the truth. Yeah. Now, I think from the governor's standpoint, he does talk a lot about Governor Jindal. It's like, okay, dude, yeah, it's just tiring. put that shelf, put that record back on the shelf, man. I, you know, you get you get tired of the same lines over and over and over again. And of course, Rasponi supported Jindal. They're both Republicans right. in the same way that Governor Edwards supported Hillary Clinton. They're both Democrats. It's silly to even debate why these two things happen, don't you think? It is, although I think that obviously there must be some polling out there showing that Governor Jindal is still a good punching bag for pag for governor edwards to be still using that title i think so but i think it's i don't know that it's because republicans have turned on him and then they enjoy the punching i just don't think a lot of people are going to publicly defend him yeah well you know the other thing too and this is regardless of whether it's Jindal or another former governor Mm -hmm. is once a politician is out of office basically the who cares about what he thinks or says factor enters in so in other words Jindal is a non-entity now, just like Governor Mike Foster would have been a non-entity or the late Governor Kathleen Blanco. I don't remember Jindal doing that to to Blanco, though. He didn't. He he did talk about how he admired her, and he was was fairly complimentary. I never remembered in his first term spending a whole lot of time talking about Katrina stuff and things like that. At least if it happened, I don't don't remember it. Yeah, it really wasn't. And so back to to this, JC, we talked about this. So I, I gave you the scenarios by which I think either guy could see success and and you you talked about the relational aspect of edwards and abraham not not and there is still time to do that but governor trump is pun intended the trump card as it relates to eddie's popularity yes and his proximity to republicans in louisiana i think you can make the argument too that just as Governor Edwards' Democratic Party label is a negative albatross on him. I think you could also say that a lot of where... I don't know that I say... It's a negative albatross on him among the majority of people who vote in statewide elections, Republicans, or Republican-leaning voters. Independents, right. Yeah. But I would also say, too, that the... President Trump's popularity is also boosting Eddie Respond. No question. Because when we get back to the Abraham thing, my attitude is this. If you had $11 million to spend and you could barely win by three points over <laughs> off Abraham who mm-hmm. practically had no campaign. That's right. And what ads he did run were not very good or memorable. No. My attitude is, and here's the thing too, because every, every one of those polls I did that was publicly released, the moment that Rasponi lapped Abraham, I said, okay, he's on the up and up. He's going to end up 10 points ahead of Abraham. I was thinking at the time in mid to late September, it was sure. something like 30 to 20 for mm-hmm. uh, Rasponi. Well, all of a sudden, I, I see, see that, it. yeah, he bought him. In other words, that spread never increased. It's stuck in the one to three point margin mm-hmm. ahead of Abraham. What that means in plain Louisiana speak is this. He, Rasponi, did not establish dominance. And I think there was justifiably and arguably a backlash from Abraham people. No question. Because you got to remember, not just people who liked Ralph Abraham, but when you had people like uh, Moon Grafon, who have a substantial following amongst <laughs> yes, conservative adherents. he does. And, you know, I was listening the day after to that 30-minute rant and rave that Moon did mm-hmm. about Rasponi's conduct. And you have to remember, if you're the average talk radio listener, 
who may not be following politics very intimately, and you're hearing Moon Grafon talk about foul play against a fellow Republican, I think it had some kind of an impact. There's no doubt. Moon, Moon for those of you who don't know, and I've known Moon a very long time, uh, Moon has a statewide radio program, and he covers basically all of Louisiana. Baton Rouge is a market he's not in yet. He was here a couple times before. I think he'll likely be back. He's, right. he's based in Lafayette. And he was ranting about that. And I do think that there are Republicans who hold it against Responi that he attacked Ralph. However, if I can say this, <laughs> it's what he was supposed to do. It was. I mean, it's what you do in politics, right. regardless of party. Eventually, you gotta you have, you gotta win. You can nice guy your way to a loss, you're right. or you could do the job to win. You're right. Now, I, I will parse words a little bit with what you're saying because okay. we'll go back in time to the Responi attack. Attacking Ralph Abraham for having the worst attendance record in Congress when it went from one and a half to something like 44 percent. Absolute fair play. Yeah, that's legitimate stuff because people don't like office holders who think that they're above doing their job. Right. So that was legitimate. But when he started going into saying how Ralph Abraham was in cahoots with Nancy Pelosi. Oh, yeah. Sufficiently support President Trump. Yeah. Or I thought the worst offense in terms of stretching the truth was the. Uh, alleged pledge, the, well, the pledge that Ralph Abraham made not to collect a salary, which he violated and bought a plane. Why do they do that? Yeah, that to me was a false equivalence because number one, what if I'm sure that Ralph was still giving money to St. Jude? Oh, sure. Regardless of the congressional salary, sure. so that's an unfair attack. Number two, who cares if he buys a plane? It's his money. And number three, I'm going I'm to defend Ralph on this one. I think that. Okay, perhaps he should have done some more due diligence about what the outside income limits are as a congressman. Yeah. But let's say that he truly found out that there were really strict rules and he could only he could only charge at cost or whatever for his medical services. All of a sudden, a major income source is cut out. I mean, this to me is one of the most unfair things about people in public office is people magically assume there's some kind of private stash that funds their salary and lifestyle no but the virtue signaling is a problem with 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 saying uh and what i mean by that folks is that with him saying you won't accept a salary yeah what i think a lot of people have to remember is these people in washington have to maintain residency in the district they represent and they have to have a place to stay when they're in dc which is why you have members of congress actually rooming together in condos the single guys who are up there or the or the older gentlemen who who either are widow widowers or the the whole thing because they have to have a place here and there and it's expensive it is to to be in washington dc i mean you've been up there it's not exactly like it everything it's expensive to park there yeah so There's so I think you're right. Yeah, too. I mean, in addition to the fact that they're having to room together, some of them actually sleep in their offices. Oh, yeah. And yep. to me, that's a terrible way to live. But it is what it is. In other words, you don't really have a situation like you do here in Baton Rouge. Where we have the Pentagon dorms. Where right. Certain legislators are able to bunk. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though it's unpopular to say this, I'll go ahead and say this and damn the torpedoes. I think that. There ought to be some kind of a, you know, simple dormitory kind of setup for congressmen or congresswomen to live in while they're in D.C. Because I don't think they should. Have I don't mind that. I don't think I don't that's controversial. That. Yeah. No, it's I mean, it's it. Look, it's it, it's not going to belong to them. Right. Uh, they're they're. Well, I was going to say they're not there for that long. But then again, some of them have been there oh, yeah. 40 years. And so it's it's crazy. So yeah. back to last evening. Yes. And let's we've we've 
it, look, I thought I didn't think it was good. I think if you went in liking either guy, you left liking your guy. You yeah. didn't see either of your guy do anything that hurt them, which is the way that this thing works. But my, I always say the edges get the attention, but the middle holds the weight. Yes. And if you are in the middle and you are watching this, kind of talk me through what you think their perspective was. If they're still deciding on which of these guys they like. So they probably saw someone, depending on what you value or don't value in quote-unquote terms, someone's being mean, mm-hmm. you probably thought that Edwards was a little bit over the top, a little bit, you know, ranting and so forth. But you probably, He did. You probably also saw that uh, Rasponi was kind of halting. He did not really provide a compelling rationale for his testimony. He did not. And this, and the, the one thing which I think is the biggest damning thing about Rasponi, this has nothing whatsoever to do with debate preparation, by mm-hmm. the way. So one of the things I always feel strongly about, as you've no doubt heard me say hundreds of times, is the take this job and shove it mentality is the worst thing a candidate can be tagged with. Absolutely. Now, where I'm going with the take this job and shove it as it pertains to the debate was when it was revealed that... There's been forums that Rasponi's been skipping. And, of course, he angrily denied that and said that, well, I've been going over the state and doing this and that. Well, that's great. But then when Edwards mentioned about how he was you know, hanging out with donors and so forth, point being is that missing one or two events is one thing, but it's been a repeated thing. I can mm-hmm. think of the Sheriff's Association, number one, the Baton Rouge Chamber, number two, mm-hmm. the Press Club, Monday, number three. In other words, you're establishing a pattern of hiding from the public, which I think is not helpful so nope here's the thing that stuff can work that stuff can work when you have ground to lose it's destructive when you need to gain ground and you don't take those opportunities right Rasponi is not a politician correct he isn't a politician people say, how could you say no i mean there is a skill set there is a muscle memory to being a politician Catching, anticipating a shot that's coming and already having your response to that shot already calculated before it happens. Right. Because you're thinking, when they do this, I'm going to do this, and it's going to go over huge. Eddie hired some people who were telling him, this is what you say. These are the things you remember and you repeat over and over again. This is what you do. Like the commercial that says if the LSU football team was losing, we'd oh, fire right. them. God! Take that spot off television. Well, especially since who who on earth knows what a provost is? I mean, at least at least said the, the at least just keep it simple and use plain English and say the chancellor and the football coach or the aid athletic director. But the other thing too, I agree with you that there's a certain skill set that's required to yeah. be a politician. Yeah. But as a business owner, there are certain human relationships. No, no, but skills. that's but that's where I was going. Yeah. And so where, where I, you beat me to the punch. But where I'm going is. Yeah. You have to understand not every person has been able to have success in business at the level that this man has. He yes. knows how to put a team together. He knows how to how to commit to a mission, see it all the way through and reap the benefits of that discipline. Yes. He's done it in business. You cannot deny that. He doesn't know how to articulate articulate that in a way a politician does, like Trump. Trump had more natural instincts as a politician of maybe any person I've seen hit the, hit the stage with the added spotlight of the first office I'm running for is going to be president of the United States. Yeah. Right. And so Eddie, Eddie is not a politician. I think for him, he didn't come across likable yesterday. 
No. To me. He did in the first debate. He, never- did, he did in the first debate. And in the third debate, I thought Eddie did what he had to do. Yeah. I know people are down on him for it. I thought he won that debate. I thought he did what he had to do. Yeah. I don't think he came across likable yesterday. He just came across, like I said, not wanting to be there and tentative and halting. And I felt that even if he does not have detailed knowledge of every single line item on the budget, mm-hmm. there should have been clearly articulated principles. I mean, perfect example. So he goes off about the retirement, the UAL, which in plain English is you know un- unfunded accrued liability. Mm-hmm. It has to deal with retirement benefits that are not adequately funded by the state All right. in plain English. So uh, Eddie mentioned that was a problem, which in fact it is. And Governor Edwards said, well, we did a constitutional amendment in 1987 to fix that. Granted, some of that's getting into political the political wonkery, but I mean, all you had to say was, well, it has not been adequately funded, and that's a problem that I intend to fix as governor. Right. In other words, the thing is, you don't need to have an A-plus in public policy, but I do think you need to have some ideas about what you want to do with state government. That's why the team matters. Oh, absolutely. That's why the CEO team, yes. You, yes. And, and by the way, I will also take the CEO argument a step further, and that is the people you hire as campaign consultants are they are, are they articulating the real Eddie or creating some carbon copy image that has been used in other states? I think that's what that is. Yeah. I mean, I've been around that guy before and the guy that people see, I, you know, that guy wasn't likable that I saw yesterday. No. Wasn't likable at all. I've been around the real deal in, in places and he's not that guy. He's actually a meek personality. Yes. And is is not an in your face guy. And is more of a gentleman than people would think about watching it. I mean, I've been around him, so I know that he is. I, you know, I think Eddie Respondi's not a bad guy. Uh, with with Governor Edwards, Governor Edwards is very measured in how he goes about oh, he, dealing with people. He parses everything. He does indeed, because he's been a politician for a long time, man. Yeah. And I think that he he's gotten to where he is. You and I talked about this, I think, a year ago or so. The fact that he was polling in the mid to upper 40s -hmm. as a Democrat in Louisiana is a testament to the fact that he didn't have a scandal and didn't do so much that Republicans just were enraged and hated him and the whole thing because he is the only statewide elected Democrat in Louisiana. Yes, and the thing, too, that what Governor Edwards has done, which I think is actually pretty genius of mm-hmm. him, not only using Trump data and talking points to deflect Responi's points like he's done, but when you're going on TV talking about showing all these Republicans who've endorsed you and talking about how you've been to the White House nine times, basically he's removing all partisan stench in a way that Mary Landrieu was unable to do in It's It's helped him, but I will say this, it's helped him. But where he, in my opinion, did not do an effective enough job was engaging and holding on to black voters. Right. And I mean, like, I don't I don't mean the electeds. I mean, going into those communities and because you see he's doing a lot more of that now. Oh, yeah. But he's you got to be in panic mode. Thirty one percent right now. You're thinking, wow, if that drops, it's not going to be you know, it's not going to be close. I think he should have spent a lot more time there. Oh, yeah. If that number had been much higher, who knows what that does to the outcome of everything. Right. And especially what's interesting is when you look at the individual poll numbers as de- in a detailed fashion as I have, I'm seeing Governor Edwards pulling 40 percent of white independents, 15 to 17 percent of Republicans, 60 percent of white Democrats. That's pretty good for a Democrat. Yeah, yep. Where he messed up with the black vote is this, the first six days of early voting. In other words, black the black early vote was subpar those first six days. Right. 
They caught a wind and did better. In the end, what happened was blacks as a percent, and you and I are looking at the same thing two different ways. You're looking at the voter turnout percentage. I'm looking at the percent of the pie. Right. In other words, blacks mm -hmm. are 31% of the Louisiana electorate. Mm -hmm. in, most elect in most elections, they their strength is about 29%. Yeah, but the, the Louisiana ranks among the top uh, states in terms of registered voters. Yes. And and we have some of the lowest percentages of voter turnout. You do. And so what happened, it was not, the Democrats eventually kind of sort of figured out during the primary to get the black turnout up. In the end, blacks were 27.6% of the electorate, which was mm -hmm. okay. It wasn't great, but it was okay. I'm of the opinion, though, now that, because I've seen this happen way too many times from watching elections in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. When Democrats' backs are against the wall, they know how to get their vote out. So where I'm going with this is I would not be surprised between what I've seen early voting and election day if that 27.6% of the vote that was the black electorate probably bumps up to about 29, which in plain, t because the thing is, I don't think that the Republican turnout can be any more enthusiastic than it already has, number one, and now the Democrats are more engaged. And mm -hmm. by the way, I will call it for what it was. Governor Edwards and his people painted a false narrative about winning in the first primary. The problem is if you're a partisan Democrat, you're thinking, okay, all these Republicans. That was crazy. Why do that? It, it should have been, the message should have been, oh my God, desperation. We need to do this now. Right. Get, I mean, it should have been the house is on fire. The house is on fire. Yeah. Instead of this swaggering, oh yeah, we're going to win without a runoff. Well, why would you do that? Well, I think some of that goes to Governor Edwards' personal bearing, and that is, as a military person, he does not want to exude any signs of weakness. Or I can fear. respect that. Yeah, which is good. But, the but this ain't is, that. Right. When you're talking about getting a motivated vote, yeah. that to me was where their campaign fell short. But I do think that, because here's the other thing, too, this, this was not a factor in the primary that will be in the runoff, is when you talk about motivating Democratic voters, besides the fact I think they'll be hitting all cylinders now, there's also the specter or factor or whatever you want to call it, depending on your point of view, the Republicans are going to have a two-thirds majority or be very close to in the legislature. Oh, yeah. So what that means in practical... 26 out of 29 seats in the Senate. Know, wow. uh, 39 th seats uh, 20, in the... 27 in the tw Senate. They're sitting at 68, 69 in the House. A lot depends on that House race up in the Felicianas. But where I'm going with this is the, the, the prospect or specter, depending on your point of view, of a two-thirds Republican majority, yeah. Governor Edwards can paint all kinds of apocalyptic terms mm -hmm. about, okay, we're going to start closing hospitals and schools and yanking But he can't Medicaid. really do that. That'll, that'll hurt him even more if he starts with that stuff now. He can't, but Gumbo Pat can. That's oh, true. And also, too, you know, th this is getting into Democratic Politics 101. When they start disseminating the message out on the streets as we get into early voting and election day, you better believe that those kinds of apocalyptic terms will be used, even if they're not directly coming from the Edwards campaign itself. Yeah, it's again, it, it, John Bell's got a reality problem because Eddie Responi is a Republican yeah. in a state where I said this earlier, where President Trump is very popular. The president, I had heard he was going to come here twice. I don't know if that still is going to happen. Mike Pence was here a few days ago yeah. when he comes down here and and is on a podium with Eddie Responi. It's going to get people in other states even talking about Responi. And that is going to get if that happens right before the end of early voting and then right before election day. I mean, that hill will probably be too steep for 
John Bell Edwards to get over. However, if he can sow enough seeds of dissension among Republicans about Responi with with the proviso that I know you're not going to come vote for me. I just don't want you voting for him. That is I that's the only path forward. And and now this could change now because this is this is this thing moves every day. Right. Or indirectly by running all those ads in the Monroe and Alexandria media markets recounting all the mean things that Responi said about Abraham. Because when they had that part about Abraham basically finger wagging at, at Eddie mm-hmm. and Eddie kind of looked like the, the, the kid who got cold busted throwing a rock in a window those mm. kinds of things because you got to remember a- Congressman Abraham is well loved up in northeast Louisiana 75% in, in the, at, at the core of his district his house district his popularity is somewhere around yes. 75% I think you did a poll or something that had him in the low 70s or something in terms of approval rating in his district is that correct uh what was your number? Have. Do you do you remember the number? You've done so many polls in the last have, twenty it's minutes. Like all probably... the numbers kind of float together. But but one thing, <laughs> but one thing I did see though is that you know Congressman Abraham has had a strong base in the fifth congressional district, mm-hmm. particularly the most northeast Louisiana parishes. Yeah. So the thing is, when you're talking about tearing down somebody who is well liked, yep. again, it goes back to human relations one hundred and one. What Eddie Responi should have done, in my opinion, is on Sunday, October thirteenth, yep. go up to Alto. Yep. Because cause the thing is, look, yes, there's elbow throwing, but I think there's yeah, also... That's just politics, man. But there's a case of when you're kind of crossing over into, you know, kind of stomping the person down. And I get it, but look, it's what people do. Oh, and yeah. I've been around, I'm kind of desensitized to it. It doesn't... Yeah. You just... It, it's what people do. But I think your point about him not going up there immediately after is the best point that is, and and the fact that we are now three weeks removed from it and it hasn't happened is still something malpractice well there's another thing too you noted that that's what people do so in the little political bubble that we live in that's considered that's just one of those things yeah. however you have to remember you know divorce yourself from what you think in the political world sure think of what the average voter yeah yeah because what the average voter thinks is they're thinking, well, gosh, this guy's really. And plus, I found too in Northeast Louisiana that nasty campaigning does not get you. No, as I don't far think so. I, I think well, it depends on. It's if, a much more religious area. Unless you're talking to people on the other side, then they don't care. Yeah. I mean, if you're up there and you're a Republican and you're throwing darts at Hillary Clinton, you'll oh, probably yeah, get one free dinner everywhere you go. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, just depending on where you go but and, and but what the crowd fellow, is. But against a fellow Republican that's well right. like, that's a different thing. Because you have to remember, one of the things I've learned is a very powerful motivating force in those parishes is once you're thought of as either A, a good man, or B, a Christian, yeah. that insulates you from a lot of things. Yeah. And so... Ralph Abraham was thought of as both of those in those areas. Mm-hmm. And so for attack, because you have to remember, it's a heavily rural area. So mm-hmm. people expect to meet their people, their office holders personally. And because they meet them personally, there's much more of a personal connection. Well, you know, Ralph Abraham took care of my sick horse or he yeah. took care of my sick child. Yeah. So he's a person as opposed to just somebody on a billboard or a TV screen. I think it's going to be interesting. So right before the election, we'll do this again. Hopefully Doc Absolutely. can join us uh, that time and we, we will handicap what's going to happen. Tell people quickly how they can find out more about JMC. Yes. So winwithjmc.com is where I like to post about uh, things I see in a nonpartisan fashion. I uh, have a Twitter handle at winwithjmc. And of course, I have a Facebook page, JMC Enterprises, all of which I utilize to communicate my love of politics <laughs> and again when we get together we just talk through the realities of it we don't attack people personally but the Correct. bottom line is at the end of the day you know you just we we can't ignore what we see yeah 
and I think it's important to shoot people straight about it. Right. And what you and I are in the business of doing is speaking the truth yep. and not, not being a communications person for either campaign. But no. In that case, we're shirking our professional duties. And, and it's, it dis, it's dishonest to the public. When somebody comes in here who's an elected that or is running for office, I, I tell people on the front end that so-and-so is a friend of mine or that I, I want them to know it going in just so you can say, well, okay, well, Clay, I'm not going to listen to this interview because I don't like him and you like him and it's just going to seem like pandering. And I can respect it, yeah. but I owe you the truth of telling Telling you that yes. when you come in to hear it and not trying to hide that fact. Correct. You know? When with JMC, that's my guy. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Early voting as we record this begins in two days. Correct. And so we'll see what happens. And right before the election, we'll come in. Thank you, JC. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Podcast225.com. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Baton Rouge save money on their telecommunications for over 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones and intercom systems, save money, and never have to worry about Local customer support, doctors' offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the most up-to-date phone and intercom technology while saving money? That's what it's all about. That's a no-brainer. Don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support. Executone has been here, and they believe in a value. You of customer service, baby. Don't take my word for it. Give them a call, 225-295-3500. It's 295-3500. Oh, look them up. ExecutoneLA.com. Executone of Louisiana. They still here, and they're going to continue to give you great service. Here we go. Here we go. This is the Clay Young Show. You can't make this stuff up. Just can't make it up. So John Cuvion has come and gone, and and we were talking outside of the studio about the impact President Trump's presence here had on the primary, and that him coming to town was positive in the way of helping the Republicans get the vote out. You know, the thing is, he had him put his arm around both guys. Well, we have since recorded the interview that you just heard. And John's already left the building, and I see that the House has formally, the U.S. House has formally decided to proceed with the impeachment matter. (laughs) And now that'll have an impact on the governor's race. Uh, Some of you may be thinking, really? How could that have an impact on the governor's race? Well, the president's already coming here. And him being here before talking about this impeachment stuff fired up the Republican base that loves President Trump, especially in Louisiana. And that love is going to be translated to people that are in his circle, people he puts his arm around. And that person, when he is here, is going to be Eddie Rispone. 
So I think the timing of this does Eddie Responi no, uh, excuse me, does John Bell Edwards no real favors. And so, because the thing is, and we'll have to talk about this another time, the House may impeach, but the Senate is not likely to convict. A la what happened with Bill Clinton 30 years ago. You know, it's just, uh, or, or 20 years ago, <laughs> only feels like 30 years ago. But this is just happening now. By the time any of you hear this show, you will have seen that, and I'm sure you will have dived headlong into the punditry of what's going on. I don't have a bunch of those details yet, so I'm not going to do that. I just know that they're they're looking to move forward uh, with this, and upon agreeing, uh, agreeing on the resolution for impeachment, it looks like the vote is... 231 in favor of 196 against 231 Democrats vote yes for the resolution. One independent voted in favor of it. Two Democrats voted against it and obviously 194 Republicans voted against it. So that is definitely going to be some kind of a show when the president's in town, and over the next few weeks, that's going to be something else. And you know that Eddie Rasponi is going to be singing that tune and lumping Governor Edwards in with that. So, listen, hopefully you enjoyed the show. I posted about this yesterday on my social media account, one of them, the Facebook account. And, man, the passion under that was something else. And uh, this show's going to go up. I'd love to get your feedback on it. You can follow me on Twitter at ClayYoungBR, on Instagram, Clay underscore YoungBR, and of course on Facebook. Just search for the rather dashing fellow from Louisiana. And my name is spelled like it sounds, Clay Young. You can always email me as well, Clay at podcast225.com. That's Clay at podcast225.com like and share like and share like and share when you see the show on any of these social media platforms there is a brand new podcast 225 product debuting next week next week it's a big doggone deal too and you'll hear about it next week and here's one guarantee that one won't be getting pushed back so enjoy it Thanks to John Cuvion again for being with us. Thank you for spending some time with us. Hopefully you enjoyed our analysis, whether you agreed or disagreed with it. In the end, you just hope for what's best for Louisiana and the people of this great state. Thank you guys again for being with us right here on podcast225.com. See ya. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.